What's your story? I'm Delvin Bro, and this is my story. Okay, so I'm like, tell the world actually, I'm like, where you from? Yeah, man, so uh, I was born in the Abbeville Projects and I uh, ended up moving to the New Orleans East area. Woo! Well, you know, the good when they were good, right. when the East is good. Said, actually, it was a good thing moving out of Alabama to the East back of the day. Yes, indeed, man. It's a lot of violence. You know, you you walking around, and we were standing actually across from the graveyard, right there on contact, right across from the graveyard. So we saw a bu- whole bunch of crazy stuff, man. Fights, shoes break out. So my dad was like, "Man, we got to get up out, get y'all up out of this situation." So it, it was for the best. And so when y'all moved to the East, I'm like, "What point y'all moved to?" Uh, Chef and Arthur. Okay. Yeah, Chef and Arthur, right down the street from Shishi's, man. <laughs> it was, you know, you know, but actually before Katrina, you know, that was, you know, that was a good area. Yes, well, indeed. it wasn't good, but it was, it was better than being in Alphaville. Yes, indeed, man. So yeah. you know, just speaking on Alphaville, like, if how it was like for you when you saw, it like a rapper making from there, like Rod Four Nine, like, dang, mm-hmm. he put, you know, man, I see Rod Four Nine, bro. I, I, I'm excited. I'm glad. Like my family, they're like, bro. We got to get Rob Fulnada jersey. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, bro, he making it big in the music. We're going to have to follow him. So I'm like, all right. So I'm going to tap in, and I'm hearing the Vulture Island. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm bumping the music now. Yeah, at least you're on the world. The Iberville Project. Yeah, right out the Iberville. And, and, and the people didn't even know what else that was at before Rob Fulnada. Man, I'm trying to tell you. That's yeah. crazy. Proud of it, man. Gotcha. So, you know, growing up for yourself, I'm like, when did you actually realize that you was going to play on that football? Uh man, young. I want to say about four or five years old. I was uh, man. I was I was getting abused, and I used football as a as an outlet. And um, when I was playing for Harrell, man, I made my first tackle. Man, I I, I like damn near killed the dude. My dad was like, "Bro, this is your sport." Fell in love with it then, man, and and I just used that as my outlet. So you know, playing football. I'm at a young age. Hey, did you start? Playing, I'm like at the park first, or you play outside? I'm like in the streets. Oh, you know, we're on the neutral ground, okay. man. We're playing on the neutral ground, man. That's where all <laughs> my cousins them started sitting. Like, oh boy, you play. football gonna be in your in, in, in your uh, journey. So just continue to stay at it, and you're gonna be great. And look, man, we're paying dividends. Okay, and so you know, playing, you know, park ball all the way into high school. And so what? On the high school did you go to? Uh, I went to 35 D McDonald 35 Senior High. Oh, so how was that for you? Man, it was good, man. Love high school. Love 35, man. Um, we're doing a lot of givebacks now. So I'm just thankful for the teachers that paved the way, the coaches that paved the way, like Wayne Reese. Um, you know, sorry he passed away and everything. But, but man, it, it was beautiful there. Gotcha. So, you know, getting out of high school, like, you know, and like most football players, you know, getting out of high school, you know, if you had to choose one on college. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, how was that process for you? Well, you know, it's kind of different for me. Um, and this is where my story really began. So I broke my neck my senior year in high school, and I was verbally committed to LSU. Didn't get the opportunity to play at LSU, but LSU is my only option. That was the only school I wanted to go to, man. I had a whole bunch of universities coming to the school. Like, bro, come travel here, take a visit here, take an unofficial visit. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want LSU. It was always LSU, and it was going to be LSU. Gotcha. So, you know breaking your neck in high school and like you know all these schools and like wanting you you know to play for them as soon as you break your neck you know all those offers leave and everything like that so 
I want to hear this side of the story. Like, how was your mental process during that time when you started realizing, like, dang, oh, all of my dreams might be leaving out the window? Yeah. Um, man, my mental process was, it was devastating. It was frustrating just because, you know, you're a highly touted recruit and, and then you, you break your neck and then not no coaches, no scouts even calling you, man. It was definitely a frustrating time, a frustrating period. But thank God I was committed to LSU verbally and I stuck by their side. They stuck by my side and uh, we went all the way through with it. But my mental state was, it was dark. Um, some nights I couldn't really understand why uh, scouts wasn't uh, reaching back out to me. Um, so, you know, it, it was just a dark period in time until, you know, LSU and Les Miles reached out to me and told me they were going to honor my scholarship. And, man, everything hit off from there. So, you know, and like breaking your neck, like, you know, actually, I'm like, what happened for the people who never actually heard, you know, if it's your full story? Yeah. Um, man, we was playing at Tag Army Stadium in City Park. Uh, we was playing against Jesuit High. And, um, you know, I was coming down on the left-hand side of the field. Now, man, man, ran down that, bro. Like, I just knew I was just going to make the play. I ain't nothing was going to happen. Went down there. I dove. Like, I led with my helmet. Like, I led just like this. I didn't drop my head. Like, I led with this, and I closed my eyes. And uh, Peyton Jason, like, his knee and my head connected. And then that's when my neck jerked back. And, man, next thing you know, everything just went dark. You know, I hear my teammates, uh, Terrence Moore, Derek Dean. I hear those guys. They're like, bro, come on, bro, get up. We need you. Let's go get up. And I'm like, man, I I, 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 I want to get up, but I can't move. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and my words weren't coming out of my mouth. Those were just the, the thoughts that were in my head trying to get out. And I couldn't even, I don't even think they really got those words. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when everything just went dark. So I'm laying on the field, not moving everything. And then within a few seconds, this bright white light just appeared. Like, man, I... I don't, I, I, like, I can't really explain it, but, like, I was just in a in an all-white room, like, an all-white space, and I'm just looking around the room, like, I'm like, man, like, where am I? Like, and mind you, I'm still on the field, out. So, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yo, wait, like, what's going on? I, I always think of Bruce Almighty whenever uh, Morgan Freeman and Jim Carrey was in his room, and he made it just go all-white, and they had this long file cabinet, just, and that that's what it was for me. And then within a few seconds of that, man, uh, my coaches came over. They was like, bro, you all right? I'm, I'm like, yeah. They was like, all right, well, get up off the field. Let's go. And I'm, I'm like, all right. Got up, man, walked off the field on my own, not knowing my neck was broke the whole time. Dang. So you actually walked with a broken neck? Yes, man. I walked, look, I walked off the field, took my helmet off and everything. And, and back in high school, it was uh, two or three plays you had to sit out before you go back in. So I'm sitting on the sideline. I'm jumping up and down. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get back in. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get back in. And that's when I felt this this pain, just like a stabbing pain. And I, I, man, I immediately turned to my left and I saw my dad, you know, um, and I, I went to my dad. I said, Dad, something back here is bothering me. Like, I don't, I, I didn't know what it was. You know, I was like, just something bothering me. And he was like, all right, son. He said, here, give you, uh, we're going to give you some ibuprofen, see how they make you feel, and then we'll get you back out there. So as I take the pills, like, the pills never went down because my disc slipped in my esophagus. I don't know if you can see it. I got a whole skull that came down here. So my disc slipped in my esophagus. So I'm on the sidelines coughing up these pills. I'm coughing up like that. And that's when it just felt like somebody just took like a, a, a machete or like a, a man, a, a massive knife and just like stabbed me right down my, I said, dad, call an ambulance, something is wrong. Mind you, I'm cool, calm and collective. At the, I'm like, dad, something is wrong. And it got me on a gurney. 
and he took me out. That's when I found out, man, my neck was broken. Yeah, you was tough as hell in high school, like, <laughs> to, to, like, you know, have you, you know, so, like, it's so like, what happened at the hospital, I mean, what happened at the, on the hospital once you found out mm-hmm. that you broke your neck, like, wow, I was doing that, it would have broke back? Yeah, man, um, <laughs> so when I got to the hospital, you know, I'm laying in bed, and, and mind you not, none of the doctors or the nurses were, like, panicking, like, everything just felt like it was the right timing, everything felt so peaceful, everything felt like, Delvin bro belong here. Like this was it. Like they were taking care of me as if I was like a newborn babe. Like, man, it was it was crazy. I had to um like they had a lady set up for an MRI to get her leg done, but they told me, man, we gotta get you in before her. So I immediately went doing MRIs, doing x-rays, and then the doc came out and he was looking at me. He was like, he he, he, he was looking at the he, he said, son, how how are you alive right now? And I'm like, what? What you mean, Doc? Like, I'm talking to you. You talking to me. We having a conversation. What you mean? How am I alive? Like, what? He said, son, you broke your neck. You ain't, you, you ain't just break your neck. You broke your neck in three different places. There's no way you here right now. Like, you, you're my miracle boy. Like, you're a miracle. And from then on, man, I, I, I just kept that title with me. I'm a miracle child walking this earth with a purpose. And uh, that, that's what I'm here to do, serve. I sure was about to say, man, you're here for a reason. Because not just, you know, I didn't. I didn't actually think that deep of you pulled to dying, but yeah, like man. just be like being able to move, yeah, like without being paralyzed or anything like that. That was the so blessing, like, man. You know, God was definitely with you. Had you know, it had a plan for you. Absolutely. So you know, healing, like actually, I'm like recovering, then going to LSU. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how was that experience? Um, man, you know, it was cool. They ended up gray shirting me. Um, I didn't go in with my class. Uh, gray shirted, went into the spring. And then, um, man, I, I was just a normal student. You know, they didn't even want me uh, working out, lifting weights. They didn't want me uh, doing seven-on-seven, one-on-ones just because of my neck. You know, I just broke my neck the year before, and they was like, we don't want to take no chance in the liability, so you just going to have to just, just be a student, get your degree, which I, I kind of bullshitted. I, you know, but so okay. play football. There you go. Football was my <laughs> passion. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, football was was all I had. That was my strength. That was everything that kept me together. I'm not even going to lie to you. Football, really, was, that that's my baby. Like, I, I love the game so much that, man, shit, I even went back and played after breaking my neck. So, like, it, it's just, I don't know, I, I just love the game, man. And so did you ever actually, I'm like, get a chance to, to actually, I'm like, play for LSU? No, man. I, man, I only went into the stadium. You just got one, I'm like, free education. Yeah, free education, and, and I only went in the stadium one time. Um, that was during the first spring in 08 that I went, and I saw the spring game, and then that was it, man. You I, sad, yeah, I was sad. I was crying, but I was going to the facilities. They was like, uh, bro, we can make you a coach. Come be a, a GA, and you can learn. Start. I, like, I don't want to coach. Coaching ain't in my blood. I'm a football player, man. That's all I know. That's all I have, and especially a kid coming from the Iberville trying to make it out surviving. Like, you can't tell me football. You can't tell me it's over with. Yeah, but I knew I was going. There you go. Gotcha. So, you know. So, leaving out of college, like, I mean, how was that process of you trying to, like, you know what, I still want to play football, mm-hmm. like, hey, but I'm going to the NFL. So, like, I want you to, like, give me, like, a brief journey of, like, from, from leaving LSU all the way until making it, I'm, like, on the Saints team. To the league. Um, well, you know what, man? It, it, it came with trials and tribulations, man. It came with my losses. Uh, I, I tried to commit suicide um, during my college time, and that's where I found my most strength when I was weak. 
Um, so in order for me to, to know that I was going to make it to the league, I had to make sure I get rid of all these demons, all the darkness, all the, you know, the mental lapse, like the anxiety. I had to make sure all that was gone so my plate and my mind be clear for where I'm about to go. And um, I ended up meeting my ex-wife, um, you know, and she helped me get out the light. She helped me find the light. Um, started back playing flag football again. I was playing intramurals at LSU. Uh, so I, I was already in shape. And I want to say it was 2000, I want to say it was 2010, 2011. Um, my best friend Pee Wee, he was like, uh, he saw I caught four picks in one uh, flag football game. He was like, bro, there's no way you should be playing here. Go try out for Arena League. Like, go try out. Like, get back into it. You know, my mindset was then was like, fucking right. Like, bro, I set out long enough. You feel me? But I want you to bring it back. Like, I want you to stop a little bit before you go forward because, like, you know, like, you know, like mental health is real, you know, yeah. and I had a few people I know actually, 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 I'm, like, committed suicide this year. So I want you to, like, kind of bring me back to that day. And, and like, I want you to, to like, kind of tell the things that actually helped you mm-hmm. not do it and, like, help you get out that dark place. And for people watching this who probably thinking about or actually I'm like, contemplating suicide. Man, first and foremost, I just want to tell you, make sure you value yourself and love yourself. If you're thinking about wanting to commit suicide, just love yourself even more, deeper and deeper. Love yourself, value you. Don't worry about the outside noise. The outside noise is what got you in this place. So make sure you focus on you and value yourself. Um, but I, I can take you back to the time where I, um, I was trying to overdose on pills, man. Um, it was a rough time for me. Like I said, LSU didn't want to allow me to play football. I didn't know where to go. I, I, I didn't feel like I had a purpose here on this earth, right? So I was I, I would drink. I was drinking uh, Ciroc. Uh, I was playing the video games. And I never really went to class because my mind, my mental state wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be. It wasn't focused on getting a degree. You know what I'm saying? Making sure I attend class. Make sure I do the little things that's going to get me to where I needed to go. So I, I, I kind of sheltered myself away from everybody, man. My friends started seeing me getting skinny, getting small. Like They were like, bro, you, you're not looking good. But I'm like, man, y'all, y'all have no idea what I'm going through. So even me telling my friends that I was going through some things, they really didn't believe it because they're like, man, Devin, you good. You always high energy, bro. Like you always laugh and smile and you, you make people feel good. So how could you be in this situation? So little did they know, man, I was taking Adderall pills. I was taking like seven pills a day. I kid you not. I was taking pills, seven pills a day. I did it for like a week, two weeks straight just because I wanted my heart to explode. Like I wanted it to explode because I feel like I have no purpose here, man. I felt like school wasn't it for me. Football was taken away from me. I felt like they were lying. They were holding things back to to clear me to play football. Like there was nothing, man. And then I had the trauma from my childhood, you know, of the abuse and everything that I was, you know, going through. I still never got over that. So all that was hitting me at one point, man. I didn't have nobody to reach out to. I didn't have nobody to talk to. Like it was, it was, it, it just felt like me, and I was by myself, like just in this dark space. So I was just trying to commit suicide um, by overdosing on pills. Um, and, and and one way that helped me out of that, man, was like I said, my ex-wife. She she came into my life, and 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 she she brought the light to me. She allowed me to. Know that I can be myself, that it's human uh, nature that, that you're going through these, that you're having these emotional problems. Uh, she didn't understand how I didn't get the, the right coping skills growing up. But I'm like, we don't get that. All we've been told uh, growing up is, you you know, you, you got to be tough. You got to be strong. Men can't cry. Men can't be weak. When Like, when 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 do I have enough time to, to be weak? When can I be weak? When can I cry? 
never because we wasn't really taught those methods, those coping methods um, growing up. So she helped me find enlightenment. She was somebody I can talk to. Um, so for you guys out there, make sure you value yourself. Have you somebody that you trust that's not going to go spreading your business everywhere. Find you somebody that you can count on or that's going to count on you because they got to hold you accountable and you got to hold yourself accountable. It's easy to fall in a trap. It's easy to give up. It's easy to quit. But your mind got to be stronger than what's going on around you. So that's what I want to say. If you're going through something, fail yourself and find somebody you trust. So, you know, I have to ask this question. Like, how did you actually like meet your ex-wife, you know, I'm like in the process of like, you know, being down and everything like that? Um, man, it was just through mutual friends. Like, we'll go out parties, and um, I actually saw her at work one time, and, you know, we kind of flirted, but it wasn't really nothing. And then how I knew it was divine, because the next week they had a party at at uh, the apartments where we were standing at, and I ran into her again, and she came up to me, we started talking, and that was it, man. We just started vibing from there. Gotcha. So, you know, we're going to fast forward. You know, you said you was playing flag football, you mm -hmm. got some picks. So, actually, what happened after that? Um, so yeah, man, I ended up, uh, going train, man. I started training at Velocity, met my guy Ian Ott, who, uh, was, was my trainer then. And, uh, he was helping me make my way back, uh, Big Marlin Favorite, Rayon Hill. So shout out to those guys. Shout out to Mr. Mike, RIP. Um, but those guys, man, they didn't ask me for a dime. I didn't have anything. I was, I was trying to come up. I was trying to be the success story. Nobody really understood why I was trying to come back and play because, bro, you broke your neck. Dog. Ain't nobody going to take a chance on you. So I'm hearing all that, but I'm like, I, I, I think I can do it. I think if, if, if I make it to this league, bro, you know, this story can be biggest. It can be something to where these kids in New Orleans can look at this blueprint and be like, man, this kid was in the Iberville and he broke his neck. He ain't let nothing stop him to get to where he wanted to go. So that's, that was my journey. That was my blueprint. Ended up getting a workout with the, um, well, I went and played semi-pro football. I ain't even going to forget about them. Louisiana Bayou Vipers uh, became an all-star there. The next year, I ended up getting picked up by the arena football team, uh, New Orleans Voodoo. Uh, played there. Uh, that league no longer exists. Uh, the team no longer exists. Um, then from there, I ended up getting picked up in the CFL, signing with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, shout out to Coach O'Neill. Um, and then balled out there, had all-star years there. Then in 2015, man, I had 28 of the 32 NFL teams reach out to me. I only went to 15 of them, Saints being the 15, and we made it, man. You know, um, it's a great success story. Gotcha. So how was it like signing to the Saints being from New Orleans? Man, it was a dream come true, man. Like, everything was going so fast for me. So signing with the Saints, man, and knowing my family was here and knowing – you know, the, the supporters I had, um, knowing what I was going through to get to this point, man, uh, to that point, man, it was it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal feeling. It felt like, like I said, I belonged there. It felt like this was the time I belonged in the league and with my hometown team. Like, yo, yo, that was crazy, man. It was awesome. Gotcha. So, you know, playing, you know, for the NFL, you know, at this very, like, you know, it was tough to get in the NFL, and, and you know people hitting hard. Oh yeah. So like, has it like did it ever like spark your mind like, dang, and I could break my neck again? No nah, man, no man, you think never. No nah, man, my dad told me, he told me if I'm gonna do this, if I'm gonna go back out there, I have to put all those fears aside. I have to put any negative doubt, any gray area, any because football you can't play the game like that. You can't play the game thinking like that. You got to play the game fast, physical force. You got to just go. You can't think. 
And that's what I that's, that's what I put in my mind, man. I ain't like like me growing up playing football, like looking at football players stuff like. Hey, but I seen how to play football different from not like, and like now you have to really learn how to tackle. Absolutely. Like you know, back in the day you used to tackle tackle to hurt someone. Absolutely. Hey, but now you can't do the helmet with the helmet or different <laughs> thing like that. So I'm like, do you think it takes some type of skill just to play on defense? Uh, no, man. I, would I no? Would I take just keep playing? Just do you. All my coaches took man. Just do you. Play as physical as you want, and we'll handle the consequences. Okay. <laughs> do you, man? Because my thing is the coaches never really want to slow you down as a player. Like we balling, so they don't want. Oh, you gotta watch for this. Oh, you gotta make sure you. T-. We practice on that in practice. So when we get to game time, man, just go. Just do you. Right. Like when I was young, yeah, but I thought you know football was to actually. Injure the other person, get him out the game. He too good. Uh, you yeah. don't try to. So like, and so now when I watch football, yeah, but I kind of look at it like it's kind of softer now. It's yep. like you know, hey, but you can barely like tackle the quarterback. Like yep. you know, if you grab him, you gotta let him go. Like, Touch him or anything. Yeah, it's so it's like it's not the same football I grew up to. Like the reason why I really want to watch football. Yep, man, the big old difference, man. And and like I said, you. I know they're trying to do the player safety, quote unquote, but man, it's football. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna get dinged up. You're gonna. Get, it's part of the game. That's why you lift weights. That's why you take your muscle mass, your proteins. You do those things to eliminate or prevent. There's nothing saying, oh, on this play, this is what's gonna happen. No, you just gotta play to your uh, fastest ability. Do what you gotta do, and man, let the chips fall where they fall. So let's get into one. Little deeper with the football NFL, because like basically they had a movie come out about mm-hmm. it, you know, with these players getting hit, having brain injuries, concussions, and things like that. So like, do you feel like, cause you know, if you still love football mm-hmm. to this day, like, do you feel like it's a certain way you're supposed to play the game? Because like, you know, if I see all the doctors and all this, like, yeah, actually complain, but you know, but hey, but the world love football. Yeah. Like you know. If ain't nobody trying to stop the NFL, like, you know, like, people love football for being football. Yep. So, like, how do you feel about, you know, the whole situation, like, about, you know, and, like, the dangers of, you know, playing football? Yeah, um, you know what, man? Uh, I, I I tell my family, now they ask me, if are you going to let your son play? Oh, man, I'll be like, oh, no, man. I don't, I don't want my son really playing just because I know the impact it can have, man. I, I Me? Oh, I'd be scared, but I'd be scared sitting out there watching my son land. Bro, that's nerve-wracking. So it's kind of making me hesitant um, about even letting my son even play just because I know about the concussion. Little do y'all know, man, when you start playing football, the minute right. you start playing see, football, it's, it's happening. Absolutely. So you having CTE issues, and like I just found out, you find you, 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 you get diagnosed with CTE once you pass away. That's what I just found out, too. So you don't even know if you're having CTE issues while you're alive. So it's more so of memory issues, damaging to your brain. Like some kids' brain could be bleeding. And we don't even know because we don't get checked out. How many black parents you know going to go take go yeah. to the hospital? If they had a problem insurance. You feel me? Exactly. So it's like you're starting at a young age damaging your brain mentally and, and, and having these effects. So whenever kids act the way they act now, man, I'd I, I be more open to it. I'd be more susceptible to it, especially the young athletes, because I know now, I know better. I know you guys are going through banging y'all head, smashing 24-7. The coaches in Park but want y'all to go here. It's already happening, man. So I, I, to me, I, I don't like, 
I, I really don't like it, bro. Like, if I talk to like a few ex NFL players, <clears throat> and like some of them will be like, man, you could tell him, like you could tell, if they kind of messed up. <coughs> you might have to grab some water. Oh, man, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a little nervous now, bro. Like I'm nervous for my son. I'm nervous for a lot of kids. I'm nervous for a lot of parents just because of what I've been through. You know, I can I can share that experience back now, man. I didn't have trauma, I, memory issues, like it. It, it, it does happen, man. Right. And, like, you know, and like the scary thing about, you know, those brain injuries, like, you can actually do something, I'm like, life-changing, I'm like, with them brain injuries. Like, you can actually hurt someone else or different things like that. And, like, I think, like, the NFL should really get an NFL type of, like, insurance for the players, even if they play one or two years, to actually always go see someone. Man, you preaching to the choir. That's what we yeah. fighting for now. In the, in the, because, in the like, NFL. I don't want to speak on your boy, but, like, I ain't going to say his name, but, like, basically, they're accusing him of, like, killing his mother, but, like, how many of y'all checked mm -hmm. on his, checked on his, like, mental health? Because he exactly. don't look like he's mentally there. Exactly. Like, a lot of ex-NFL players don't be looking like they're mentally there. Exactly. Like, when you see them in their eyes, their eyes do certain things that you should know that this person ain't really, not normal. like, Absolutely. if it's not the person you, you, you know him as. Yep. Like, you know, things are going on, but, like, I think they need, like, proper, like, insurance to, like, you know, actually secure. To make sure, yeah, we, so we actually have these benefits now, and I'm glad you got me recall, because now, you know, for the uh, NFL players, uh, former players that are played and, and don't know about these benefits, man, um, y'all need to tap in. NFLPA, NFLPA Trust, the foundation, they have programs. They have mental health programs. We have, like... I think it's covered. We hundred percent for the rest of our life now. I, I just found this out last week at our NFL chapter meeting. We have mental health programs. All that for the rest is a hundred percent covered. You get eight sessions per uh, per month, and you can you can do it each month. Insurance covered is a hundred percent covered. You don't come out of pocket no more. No uh, co-pays. No nothing. When you do it, it's a hundred percent free. So make sure you guys tap into that, hey, and you can take care of your spouse. You can take care of your kids, man. So don't 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 be uh, uh don't burden them because you don't want to be uh be into it. Get into it. Get involved in it, man. Like your family counting on you. I'm counting on you. The NFLPA actually is counting on you. Gotcha. So being you know if a football player for over twenty plus years, tell us what you enjoy most about it, and tell us what you actually hated about it. Um. Man, playing football twenty plus years, the most the most exciting uh, piece was I want to say me just overcoming adversity, just overcoming me. Um, like I said, wanting to commit suicide. Like I don't think I told you, I wanted to commit suicide at nine years old. Uh, I wanted to commit suicide when I was in college. Hey, so when you was nine, let's bring that back. Oh yeah, years. man. Cause yeah, like man. you know, people don't know like it was different type of like levels. Like you know, some kids feel like they don't want to be here no more, and some kids feel like. Feel like they want to take their own life, so you know. And so, how did you feel about all them? You know, about like during all those times, well, for the like episodes you had. Yeah. Um. So, man, at nine, you know, I like I said, the mental health portion. You know, we the coping skills, coping methods. We, you know, our parents, my dad, and mom didn't really teach us that. Um. So just due to the abuse that I was getting, man, I like, like. Man, it was just, it was at some point, I was just like, man, I, why am I even here? Like, I always wanted a different family. I always wanted to go be by my grandma. Like, I always wanted to just get out of that situation because I felt like no child should be 
really getting abused like that, man. Like, and it was over some pointless things to where it's like, man, what 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 did my 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 dad go through? You know what I'm saying? And and, and coming to find out now, nah, he you know been through some traumatic things as a kid himself and is growing up. So it's kind of making making more sense now. But then I I, I would question my dad like, bro, why are you doing it? Like, why are you being so mean and you know over, over nothing? Like and. Man, I, it just got to a point to where um, I was on my knees, I was punished, I was on my knees for like two hours, and it was around Mardi Gras time, and my mom and them left, they went uptown by my grandma, my brother went by my auntie and them, so it was just me and my dad at the house, my dad ended up leaving, so I was like, man, I'm about to get off my knees, I'm not, I'm not, like, what well, am I punished for, like, come on, Brad, there's, there's no way a nine-year-old kid's supposed to be in a dark space, having dark moods. Thinking about wanting to commit suicide, wanting to leave this earth, feeling like he's hopeless, don't have nothing, like don't feel love. Like it, it was all that going inside my mind and I'm like, I don't want to be here no more. I love football that much. I was doing my thing on the field. But when it came to being inside those closed doors, what happened behind closed doors, it, it was it was hurting me, man. It was, it was hurting me because... Like, I was going to school with whelps on my ass. I couldn't really sit down in class, and I couldn't tell no teacher because I felt like if I tell a teacher, it'd get back to my dad, and I, I don't know what else this man going to do. You feel me? So, uh, oh, something worse, man. Like, I was getting beat with bats, all that, darling, and it's like, for what? I, I don't know. I was just a kid. I'm, I'm growing up. I'm having these mental issues to what we can figure it out, but if, if, if they haven't figured it out, how you think we going to figure it out? So it's that, that cycle. How your relationship is on with your dad now? Man, you know what, man? I I haven't talked to my dad in a while, and this past year, uh, Father's Day, man, he, he surprised me on Father's Day. I was throwing a mental health um, awareness event at Dillard University, man, and uh, you know he popped up on me, man, and uh, I, 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 I man, I was bro, I was like that little kid again. I was energetic. I was like, bro, this is my dad. Like, what you doing here, man? You, I, it's about you. I'm doing all this, you know, all. It, it, because of you, it stemmed from you. And the fact that he came there and showed love is like, man, I need to get in some of these mental health events. I love what you're doing, man. I didn't know you were feeling that type of way. I didn't know you were trying to commit. So I didn't know that. So in the fact that he broke it down to me like that, it made me feel like, man, he do have a heart. He do have sympathy. He do have love. He just have to find it. Right. And like, you know, I explained this to him, you know, my girlfriend, like, you know, you know, black parents, you know, sometimes you, but you got to discipline your child. And, you For know, sure. You know, sometimes, you know, you, the white people don't want to hear about you whooping them, but like I always was a, a firm believer because like I was a bad child getting whooped. I'm like, you should talk to your child after you discipline them. Always let them know, like, don't leave them in the dark about why they punish because it's gonna leave their mind wondering other things. Right. Like you know, when I was young, I used to didn't want to commit suicide, but I didn't want to be here because I thought God punished me by making me have one. I'm like speech problem. So I'm like, man, why the other kids ain't have that? So right, like, right, right. that's why I asked you, like, you know, did you contemplate doing it? Or you just didn't want to be it. No, man, I, you thought about doing, doing it. Right. Yeah, I went. So I, so when they everybody left, my dad left. I got up off my knees. I'm like, man, I ain't about to do. It. I look myself in the mirror, bro. I'm like, I, I don't see no love. I, bro, everything was just dark for this kid. You know what I'm saying? This kid is just just dark. I said, well, it's time. So I went in his, I went in his room. Uh, I knew where he had his gun on his. It was in a shoebox on top of his closet. Went up there, man. I got it. Like I'm holding, it's heavy as hell, bro. And I'm, like, I don't know what, what it is. What it, I'm just like, I'm about to take this and I'm about to just go ahead on it, put it to my head. Don't know how it is. Like don't know how to hold it. I'm. So then that's when I hear a car pull in the driveway and I'm, like, oh shit, put it back, 
put it back up there, went back, got on my knees, kind of found out it was my dad. He came back in the room, like, all right, now you can get off your knees now. And I'm like, whoo. I think that's a sign, too. Man, I'm telling it got to be. God ain't want me going nowhere, man. And the crazy part is about that. You're just saying that, like, even if he'd have walked back, came back an hour later, and you did do it. Like, I have a friend that came, you know, downstairs and, you know, have his son shot himself. And he's like, that's, like, not a feeling you want to ever see. You know, your child just brain splattered. Then then he, like, he woke up. To, it, I'm acting to the police at the door, too. So, it's like, that's a crazy experience. Yeah, but, man. like, also speaking on your father, like, you know, but you can tell that you still had real love for your father because even when you broke your neck, you went talk to him. Absolutely. He, so the like, first he was person. always still there. Absolutely. My dad ain't go nowhere, man. And like I said, I just, I, I had to survive. Right. I just had to get out of that spot to really find out who I was, man. So, on one more, on like crazier, I'm like insane question, like, do you think by him whooping you and like, you know, being so hard on you actually made you so tough for that situation when you broke your neck? Cause like you know, I think a lot of people would have would have like probably panicked or passed out when you like my neck break something like damn like yeah, yeah. something ain't right. Uh no man, I, I don't think that prepared me. I, you know, I, I'm a, a mentally strong kid. Okay. Like I was always a mentally strong person, so um, I was always calm, cool, and collective. I never always freaked out about anything. So no, nah, I, I wouldn't say. Cause I cause I talked to someone. It was like you know, getting like actually by their parent. Like punching them, like mm -hmm. actually, like mentally, actually prepared them for like boxing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, like get punched in the mouth. Like I like, man, you came me all in my daddy and mama, so I could be in the kid of my age. Yeah, yeah. So like that's why I actually like, do you think that like like major toughness skills like, cause you know like like these days now like you know with TikTok and and like and like you know all these other YouTube shorts had these kids a little more softer sure. and like timid. Yeah. Like, you know, these kids don't really go outside and get scrapes or none of that. So, like, so that's why I'm like, you know, my generation, you know, you get physically abused. But we didn't know it was physically abused. We thought it was normal because everybody was getting whooped like that. Yep. So, like, growing up like that, do you think that it actually, I'm, like, prepared you to actually, I'm, like, raise your son, I'm, like, in a different way? Absolutely. That's what it prepared me to do. It prepared me to make sure I take care of my, my son. DJ to the man to the T. I, I don't want to make no mistakes of you know overdoing it. Yeah, you know, I understand it. I don't want to overdo it. So talking is 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 my way now. I talk to my son. I put this stern voice. Hey, call him. He gets that. He like, oh, dang, I'm, I'm dang, dad. I'm, so I'm, and it makes me think like, why you know why my dad didn't think the same way? But mentally, he wasn't in the right space. So now it's it's just giving me more to 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 do for my son, man. Like, if my son talking in class or he doing something, hey, we'll take this away. Take that away. Like, I set him out his first half of football game. You ain't doing it. We, we got to get that. We got to work on that. And it's just something you do as a, as a, as a parent, man. You you want to end it. My, one thing my dad didn't do was he didn't, he always disciplined me, but he didn't show no love at the end. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what so, I was saying. You know, you got to talk yeah, to the child. Never, yeah, he never, oh, I love you, man. I want to make sure you, uh, this is why we don't, he ain't never broke. He just was a, and get your ass in there and sit down and go read that. I'm like, well, damn, well, where the love? Well, when are you going to say, well, look, son, you know why I did or why we doing this or why I'm, it was never none of that, man. And that's what I was kind of was preaching earlier. Like, you know, yeah. as you discipline a child, you know, you're supposed to, like, kind of explain what they did and kind of, like, you know, talk to them about hey, but how they don't have to do it again or, like, Absolutely. Or like you know, if I could change, you know, directions. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, back in the day, we used to get whoopers and get sent to the room. Man, we listen. didn't know, like, we didn't know it. Like, now I think, 
You might try it again. But I did. But I know me, man. I was talking to Claire. Like, I, I, I knew some of the time. You know, I, I ain't going to say I was just this perfect angel, but I would get get in trouble. But it, it was just the over, like, come on, brother. You get you your little weapon and you go, he was over the top with it, you know? So, like, basically, it goes from being disciplined to abuse. There you go. Very fast. Like, you know, people don't really realize. But sometimes, you know, a lot of parents were, like, forced to be parents. A lot of people wasn't ready to be parents. So, like, they didn't know how to be parents. So, like, some parents got the same type of treatment. Yep. So they treated their child the same way and like they didn't know no better. Yep. Like, and like, you know, black fathers, it was happy for, it was just happy if black fathers was was, was in was, yeah. was in the child's life. Man, so yes like, who gonna tell them how to raise their child? Like, exactly. shit, just let them be, look, oh, exactly. at least he there. <laughs> exactly. And that's all I was hearing. Like, oh, at least your dad was there. Oh, your dad was there. Some kids don't have no dad. I said, yeah, I'm thankful, but why I had to be treated that way? Hey, but I'm traumatized by this. Yeah, I'm trying, bruh. Y'all don't. Like, everybody was like, "Oh, I want to be with Coach Bro, Coach Bro." I see the way he treated son. I see. The, yeah, y'all seeing it from the outside. Y'all don't know what's going on behind these doors, dog. I'm hurting. Inside. I'm hurting, man. Like, I, bro, I was going to school, elementary school, middle school, high school. I'm hurting. Nobody knowing what's going. On. I'm hurting inside, dog. I'm gonna speak on this. I have a friend here, celebrity. I'm gonna say his name, but I'm pretty sure he he got the, the, his stories. I like that. I'm gonna interview him soon, but he actually ended up. Being abused by his father a lot. His father was a big swole guy. He ended up killing his father. So it's right. like, you know, sometimes it's like, sometimes, you know, that discipline can actually change a child's mental. Like, for a child to really hate you enough to actually not want you to be in his life at all by killing you. I'm telling you. Like, and, you know, if it's a deeper conversation that people should, should start having. Hey, but with the men and the child, like, if the child is too young, take him to the dad, like, hey, bro, I think you're going overboard. So, like, okay. and, like, you also don't want to blame the mama. No. So, like, so, like, hey, but if you could change anything as your childhood, do you think, like, even if you were to talk to your father, do you think he would actually, um, like, actually comprehend what you were saying to him? No, not as a child, no. No, if my dad wouldn't have understood my feelings because he couldn't understand his own feelings. All right. You know what I'm saying? So he definitely wasn't going to understand how I was feeling. Um, all my brother, all my other siblings in the house too, right? So, no, nah, man, he, he wouldn't have understood because it's his way or the highway. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, that's just what it was, bro. You know, and, and like I say, I'm, I'm thankful for my dad. I'm thankful for him being in my life because, like I say, a lot of um, kids don't have their, their fathers, but I, I was fortunate. You know, my dad was there. Um, thankful he made sure we had a roof over our head, you know, clothes on our back, food on the table. Um, you know, he was there, man. So I'm definitely thankful. You know, I, I, he always say, man, take take your suitcase or take your luggage with you when you're going on your journey. But I'm like, man, there's some things I'm gonna have to take out of this suitcase, you know, and, and from what you taught me, so I can be able to find out who I am as a person, right? And that's where I started defining mental health, right? Mental health to me is just like reprogramming your mind to finding out who you really are, right? And that's something I had to do, man, my whole life until I forgave him, you know, I forgave the situation and, and you move on from it, right? So I'm just glad that, you know, you have some type of relationship with him because, yep. you know, some people just, like, cut their parents off forever. Oh, he cut, oh, yeah, I, his number still blocked in my phone. Okay. So when I see him, I see him because my thing is, it's about me now. Not a, it's about me now, you know. But and I'm glad because you know, me personally, I had a you know relationship. I didn't even want to talk to my father when he was about to die. So it's like, Dang. 
So, you know, you still have them there for yeah, at least for sure. one day. But, like, you know what? I understand, bro. Yep. You know, I'm going to treat it, you know. And but it's still a process because it was Absolutely, years of trauma. Abs, bro. Come on, man. Yeah, I definitely get you. So, but we're going to leave off this conversation and, and like, speak on some positive things. Like, for you know, sure. tell the world, I'm like, what's next for you? Man, yes, indeed, man. So, for, I'm, a, I'm a published author. You know, I retired uh, officially last year, November 22. I'm a uh, published author, Unbroken. Make sure you guys go check it out. It's U-N-B-R-E-A-U-X-K-E-N. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. You can even go to um, Baldwin & Company, I believe, may have uh, copies. Uh, so you guys go check it out. Um, I'm doing some motivational speaking. Um, man, I'm uh, giving back to the uh, community. I'm doing uh, mental health awareness events. Um, just, just so we can bring that to the forefront and, and stop hiding that mental health ain't real. It's, it's definitely real. Um, man, I'm, I'm in a cannabis, you know, I'm in school for cannabis, about to get my cannabis badge and certification and cultivation so I can, you know, teach, teach our kids and, and parents and, and our black and brown communities that, that this plant is amazing. It's a herb, it's medicine. Uh, it's definitely allowing me to live in confidence. So I, I want them to get a different perspective on it. And I'm doing it the right way by going to class, taking courses, getting the knowledge. So uh, I'm definitely going to be tapped into that. Um, and yeah, man, I'm telling my story. You know, I have a couple um, production people reaching out, you know, wanting to tell my story and wanting to get it on the big screen. So I'm definitely um, excited about that. Um, so, yeah, man, and just taking care of my son, man. DJ is my life. He's my world. And um, I just want to make sure he gets the best upbringing and go from there. Yeah, but you definitely have a story, and I will still go watch this movie, even though you just told me a lot of <laughs> yes, it. But indeed, man. I'll be like, you know, but yeah, but even like even with a movie coming out about you, like it was very needed, like you know, because you don't know what nobody's going through right now. Absolutely, gotcha. Absolutely. And also, last but not least, tell the world, I'm like, what can they find you at on social media and on everywhere else? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'm on Instagram, brochure forty. Y'all go check me out. I follow back too. <laughs> And I'm like, that's your story. That's it. That's my story.